I can't believe it. We're into episode five already of Try Talk Essay. The feedback has been phenomenal. You can keep it coming. My name is Brad Brown. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this weekly podcast that's focused specifically on the triathlon scene here in South Africa. Uh, you can pop me a mail if you'd like, podcast at trytalksa.co.za. We're on Twitter, trytalksa. Or you can like us on Facebook as well. It's facebook.com forward slash trytalksa. Coming up in this week's show, I chatted to Richard Murray last week ahead of that ITU event in Hamburg. And uh, Richard had a phenomenal race, finished uh, fourth. And one of the other youngsters from South Africa who had a, a pretty decent race in Kitzbühel uh, was also racing this week, Henry Skuman, and had a phenomenal race himself. I mean, he came off the bike and he was up there mixing up with the Brownleys and Javier Gomez. Uh, ended up finishing 11th, a credible performance for the youngster as well, and really chuffed to have Henry Skuman on this week's show. Also caught up with a guy who I've been following on Twitter for quite a while, uh, an American chap by the name of Fireman Rob. Uh, and yeah, just a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Uh, really inspirational with what he's doing. He was a firefighter and was one of the, the guys who had to help out on the, the sort of uh, scene after the tragedy of 9-11 and has just gone on to do some amazing things in triathlon circles internationally. And I thought, you know what? He's not South African. He's never done an Ironman in South Africa, but he would love to. I can tell you that much. We chatted about that too. I thought, you know what? What a cool story, and I'd love to share it with you. So I caught up with Rob uh, this week on Tri Talk SA as well. And then also chatted to a guy who's got a very similar background to myself as far as uh, employment and career goes. Uh, caught up with Gordon Graham, who's one of the DJs from Algoa FM down in the Eastern Cape. Chatted to him about his journey to the half Ironman and full Ironman. He's done a whole bunch of them. And we chatted a little bit about that. That's all coming up on this week's episode of Tri Talk SA. Well, history was made this weekend on the ITU International Triathlon Circuit, and I am so, so stoked uh, because of it. It's great to see South Africans flying the flag on the International Triathlon Circuit. And, and by history, I mean it's the first time ever that we have two South Africans ranked in the top 10 in the ITU rankings. I chatted to one just before uh, the ITU event in Hamburg this last weekend, Richard Murray, and I'm so chuffed to have the other one on the show this week. Henry Skuman, welcome on to Tri Talk SA. Thanks for your time, mate, and welcome back to South Africa. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on the, the talk show. Henry, it's really great. Um, Tell me a little bit about, you've had an amazing sort of last month. Uh, first of all, that crazy, crazy race in, in Kuzbul, and then uh, on the weekend in Hamburg, you had, a, had another goodie. Tell me a little bit about about the sort of last two races that you have raced in. Yes, um, Kuzbul, Kuzbul was a very interesting race. Um, I went into that race um, fairly well prepared, and I, was, I wanted to take advantage with my light body weight because of the the, the 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 heel on the back and um and yeah like i expected to to do well and like i really surprised myself as the race was going on that i was doing so well and placed fourth going up the hill towards transition and i managed to hold on to fourth nearly getting a third and i was really really happy with that i mean it's it's nothing i thought i would achieve so so quickly um Basically, this year, I only really entered these races to get the experience and to learn as much as I can at racing this, at this level. And to achieve something like that is just really great. And it's just 
super motivating for, for myself in, in, in future years. And then into Hamburg, I, I felt there was a little bit of pressure to um, to uh, follow a good result from pet school. And I just went into the race just like any other race, just focusing on what I need to do in hand. And I had a really good swim. We got a breakaway of nine. And on the run, I, I, I may have started a little too fast, but I hung in there for 11th, which is a solid performance still. I mean, I should be really happy with that. Um, after fourth place in pit sports, maybe not fantastic, but I mean, it's my first year racing these big guys, and it's, it's really it, it's a good result. And I'm really happy with my progression over the last six months. It's actually unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, Henry, I mean, if I were you, I'd be over the moon. I mean, you've, you've literally, you're a newcomer on the circuit. You've announced yourself, and obviously all eyes are going to be on you. I mean, you talk about the Hamburg race this weekend as opposed to Kitzbühel. I mean, the, the, the field in, in, in Hamburg was, was really, really good. I mean, both the Brownleys were there. Only one of them were, were at Kitzbühel. Uh, Javier Gomez finished third, who is an unbelievable athlete in his own right. And if you look at the run splits, I mean, the run splits were ridiculous, how fast those guys were going. Uh, someone like Richard Murray, who we chatted to last week, obviously wasn't in that sort of breakaway uh, in, in Hamburg, but had a phenomenal run himself. I think his run split was probably second or third fastest on the day. So for Richard, that's fantastic. But I mean, for someone like yourself, who's who's really new on the circuit, obviously an unknown entity to the guys like the Brownleys and to Javier Gomez, do you think that's a bit of an advantage that they don't really look at you as a threat as of yet, but in years to come, they're definitely going to? Um, yes, firstly, I have to say congratulations to Richard. Um, he, he's really running really well, and he's having some good good results, and congrats to him. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm new on the circuit. In the beginning, none of them really even looked at me, and after these after these few races now, um, they're actually acknowledging me, and some of them are actually really, um, I think they're happy for me, and it's good. For them, I think it's good that they that there's a new generation of athletes coming through, and um, I I don't want to speak too early as being a threat, but I just want to do my best in every race and learn as much as I can and improve to my best potential, and hopefully be a be a medal contender and, and a threat in the future. Yeah, you know, and talking of medal contenders, I'm I'm guessing and I'm presuming here, but I'm 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 sort of saying Rio 2016 definitely on the radar for you. Yes, it's been um, one of my, my my main goals over the last couple of years. And London was uh, I, I was still a little bit too young to qualify for London, but Rio is definitely in the sights. And I think hopefully with this being a good season, it's a good setup for Commonwealth Games and then Rio in 2016. And Henry, I mean, you're new on the circuit, so so a lot of people obviously don't know you. And, and I mean, you sort of really, I mean, I was really surprised when I tried to set this interview up before Hamburg. You were saying to me, oh, you've just got back from Kitzbühel, and then you're heading back over to Europe to, to, to go and race Hamburg, and then you're back. So, I mean, it's, it's this back and forth to Europe. It's not like it's just a, a couple of hours up the road. It's, it's a lot of traveling. Ideally, would you like to be based in Europe during this season? Um, yes, it, it, it would be good to be based in, in Europe. Um, but like I find it's actually very important to also have your support structure around you and to actually come back um, it, it's very nice to come back into your um, back home and, and train in your na- normal training routine and with your support group the massage therapists the, um, the physios it's, it's all it, it, 
they, they just keep you on, on top form. And it's like when you're overseas, you, you, you have to try and run around and find these, these guys to help you out. And also another thing is I haven't had any support uh, financially. So with the Rand Euro at the moment, it's quite bad. And to stay overseas in Europe, it's, it gets very costly and it's actually cheaper just to fly back in and out. Um, it's not so bad going up and down to Europe because you're in the same time zone. But the, the flying does affect you. And I, I did feel it in Hamburg a little bit, actually, because I didn't get any sleep at all over um, Wednesday night. And I just I, I felt really... I was, I was going into the race feeling very well prepared. And when I was in Hamburg, I just kind of just felt flat. And I was obviously the traveling. And you just have to make sure you're doing everything 100% right when you are traveling long hours on flights. Yeah. Henry, I, that's, I mean, that was one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you is I obviously know that you are self-funded and, and, and sponsorship is a massive, massive part of of sort of what you need to do. I mean, if you want to win us a medal as a, as a country in, in Rio, you're definitely going to need all the help you can get. So I just want to put it out there as well to guys who are, are listening, uh, perhaps uh, it's a big corporate or, or, or bike sponsor or whoever it is. If, if folks sort of want to get involved in, in helping you in whatever way possible, I'd love to give out your details and they can get in contact with you uh, and, and see how they can help and, and if they can help in any way. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Because I'm currently looking for um, a bike sponsor and, and just some couple of financial sponsors too. It just helps helps out so much because at the end of the day, all my prize money goes back to my parents um, with to, to just pay back for all the trips that I've been going on. And I'm, I'm really happy to do that, but it's also I need some reward as well at the end of the day for the hard work that I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the end of the day, I mean, Henry, in order to compete at that level against the likes of of uh, the, the Brownleys or, or Javier Gomez, I mean, those guys are professional athletes who've been supported by their federations and that sort of thing. And and they're training and like professional athletes, and and you deserve the same sort of shot. So I'm going to try my best to see what we can do as well. I've got a couple of contacts in the industry, and and hopefully I can point some people in in your direction too. Henry, tell me, you Durban based? What does a, a day for, for Henry Skuman look like just on a, on a normal day with regards to training? Like, you wake up, talk us through your day. Yes, um, well, I wake up and, I, yeah, every morning during the week, I'm, I'm training. There's only sometimes maybe a couple of weeks where I have a Thursday morning off, and, and that's about it. And, and also sometimes I, I get the whole Thursday off if it's a really hectic uh, week. Otherwise... Um, I average between three sessions a day. Sometimes I get to four. And, yeah, it's just basically train, eat, train, catch a little nap if I can, train, eat, and then sleep again. And it, it, it's really hard work. Like, the, the level that you need to be on to compete with the likes of Brownies and, and the Gomez, it's, it's really hard work, and you have to put all focus onto training. And... I'm actually trying to just enroll on a subject um, just to keep, like, because I'm studying IMM marketing at the moment and I'm halfway through that, but I haven't been able to do any more progression on that for the last year. I just want to get another subject going every semester just to keep ticking over and just to keep my mind active too a bit. But with all the training, it's actually really hard just to fit in one subject. 
Sounds, sounds amazing. I mean, so often people think, hey, I'd love to do that. But gee, when you actually listen to the hard work that goes into it, you start having second thoughts. <laughs> yes, it's very hard work. But um, like, it, it's something that I really love and I really enjoy doing it. So it's, it's like pure pleasure for me. And I don't actually see it as work. I see it as enjoyment and fun. Without a doubt. Henry, what's the next sort of... I mean, you've just had two amazing races in Europe. Going forward, what's the, the next sort of goal? Where's the next race and, and what you're hoping to achieve out of it? You mentioned the Commonwealth Games. That's obviously uh, way before the Olympics. So so what's what's going to happen in the build-up to that? Yes. Um, well, I have a, a couple of days where I'm just going easy right now. Next week, I'll start with my preparation for the Grand Finale in London, which is on... It's, it's early September... I think it's about seven weeks from now. Um, but first, before that, we'll be in Stockholm in four weeks' time where I'll, I'll see where I am in my training and and uh, see where my fitness is and what I still need to work on for London. Sounds amazing. Henry, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we super, super chuffed at the results that you're getting. Keep flying the flag. You're doing amazingly well. And uh, I'll pop all your details on my website as well. If folks want to sort of maybe get in touch with you with regards to to, to perhaps uh, sponsorship opportunities and that sort of thing, they can just visit trytalksa.co.za. I'll pop your uh, Twitter handle on there as well. So if folks want to follow your journey uh, to, to Stockholm, London, and then obviously eventually the Commonwealth Games and, and the Rio Olympics, they can do that too. Yes. Thanks thank so much for having me on here. It's, it's a great opportunity. And uh, thank you again for your time too. Uh, I love sort of watching really inspiring Iron Man videos and, and hearing really cool stories. And I came across one online probably when I started getting going on, on my Iron Man journey and, and been following his journey for quite a while now. And it's, it's really cool to be able to chat to him on Try Talk SA this week. Uh, Rob Verhulst uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome on to the show. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. Oh, thanks. I love being on these shows. It's, it's a privilege and a pleasure. Rob, for, for a lot of people who, who are very active on, on social media and follow people who sort of do Ironmans and that sort of thing, your name might not ring a bell, but uh, if I say Fireman Rob, a lot of people will definitely know who I'm talking about. Tell me a little bit about how it came about. And, and let me just put it out there. You do full Ironman and a whole bunch of other events in full Fireman gear, like the works. How did it come That's about? Correct. So, you know, it, it came about uh, in 2011 was the 10th anniversary of 9-11. Uh, and I had done eight days of search and recovery there, um, two days after the Trade Towers had fell. And I wanted to commemorate an Ironman Wisconsin was landing on the 10th anniversary date of 9-11. And I wanted to really commemorate those who had gave so much that day and how the country came together um, and also at the same time, start to get people to think about how they can be part of something bigger than themselves. And so I came up with this great idea, <laughs> hindsight, um, to wear full firefighter gear, which weighs upwards of 50 pounds. So it's the jacket, the pants, the helmet, and the air tank. And wear that for the whole run portion of uh, either a half Iron Man or full Iron Man. And uh, I started out with a half Iron Man in Racine, where it was the test run and it was 110 degrees with the heat index that day. So uh, really it was a great test run. 
and it just it just brought about more things of inspiration and and determination that I could see in other people on the course from spectators to uh, athletes that just made me want to continue this and just keep it going. Let, let me put that into a bit of perspective. We obviously work in in kilograms and and degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit, but the gear weighs more than twenty two kilograms, and one hundred and ten degrees Fahrenheit is well over thirty degrees, so it's hot even even for our standards. So I mean that's that's phenomenal. And and since that that sort of journey with you starting, how many how many races have you done in that gear now? So in in the gear total I did in 2011 I did one full and one half. In 2012 I did nine fulls and two halves. And so far this year in 2013 I've done one full, one half and I've done my first sprint in 3 years. <laughs> so that's amazing, Rob. And, and then obviously, I mean, it's it's it, it, we we weren't as obviously affected as as you guys as a country with with nine eleven. But there's tons of stories around of people who knew people who were in the towers. But it obviously hit really close to home as as an American. Yes, it did. You know, it was one of those. It's one of those defining moments. I think a lot of countries have those defining moments, and where you remember where you were when that happened. And I think that was one of America's defining moments. Uh, and having been very involved in it, very hands-on at that moment, it's a very clear cut in my mind. And and really, the overall thing that I got from it was you need to live each life, each day of your life to the fullest. You need to take advantage of what you can bring to this world, because you never know how long you have. And with one one, uh, I have a son and uh, two stepdaughters, but. You want to deliver that message to your children of anything is possible as long as you want to do it and you put your passion behind it. I always say your strength is in your passion. And if I don't live that, then I can't say that. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about that, that you can remember exactly where you were when, when those planes struck. I can tell you sitting on the opposite end of the world, and, and I don't speak alone here, but the whole world was touched. I can remember exactly where I was when when those those planes struck and it's it's clear as day i mean just thinking about it now it's obviously not something that we think about maybe as much as as americans do and and, and as you guys as a nation but thinking about it now it's as clear as day that that i can remember exactly where i was sitting the surroundings i was in what i was doing it's 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 amazing but i, I love your sort of journey and 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 just what you what you what you're doing with it and, and there's a charity sort of aspect to it as well that you're doing isn't there rob Correct. I just uh, this year I just started the Farm and Rob Foundation, which focuses on children's charities. And what it what it is doing is every city that I go to, what I'm doing is I'm uh, donating to a 501c3 charity in that area, as well as visiting the children's hospital and bringing gun bears to that children's hospital to just bring a smile to their face. They're our future, and they inspire me on a daily basis. My kids inspire me on a daily basis. These kids that are going through cancer and and any kind of hospitalization they're amazing they don't have that stop mechanism they keep going where us as adults we have that hesitancy we have that maybe that's going to hurt too much we could learn from those kids and this is what i'm trying to bring is appreciate uh, appreciation towards those kids and, and try to help them get past these hard times what I'll do, Rob, is I'll put those details of that foundation up on our website as well. So if folks want to check it out, they, they can. Uh, going forward, what's, what's the plan for Fireman Rob? What you got in the pipeline? 
so in the pipeline, there's a lot of excitement. I've been, uh, I just started doing a lot of keynote and motivational speaking um, across the country and hopefully in South Africa. <laughs> hint, hint. No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I've been doing a lot of motivational speaking as well as next year we have possibly two documentaries that we're going to do. Um, one is going to be over in Africa in a certain race that's about 160 miles through the desert and uh in full firefighter gear wow and and so there's there's a lot of a lot of cool things in the pipeline for next year for the rest of this year there's a uh, four iron full distance ironmans left and uh one half and a lot more inspiring others to be part of something bigger than themselves it sounds sounds amazing rob we, we'd love to have you out here I, I can guarantee it i just love your story and and i think the more people here of it and, and the more people sort of dig a bit deeper as to why you're doing it they'll just sort of fall in love with with your courage and 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 what you're trying to do i'll pop up a couple of videos as well because there are a few on youtube i'll pop those on our website too but yeah i mean there's a couple of of amazing races we've got a, a really amazing full ironman here that that if you ever think about it i'm sure they'd love to have you and, and host you here in in south africa and and if you're oh, talking oh. If you're talking about running crazy races, there's a, a 56-mile race that, that we host. It's actually the, the biggest uh, ultra marathon in the world. And, and yes. you, you'd fit in there like uh, you belong because people do some crazy stuff on that race. I, I love it. I, I, we are, we are all, we'll be packed up in a few minutes and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, you, you just have to, you have to do it. Put it on your bucket list and, and get out here. We'll, we'll love to, to support you, and, and you'd get tons of support. I can guarantee that. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate it. Definitely will be on the bucket list. Rob, it's been amazing chatting to you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring and, and keep doing doing exactly what you're doing because we love it. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate everybody out there that's uh, being part of this inspiration because that's, that's what it is. It's a community of people that are like-minded and, and just want to do great things. Cool. And if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can go to the website. It's firemanrob.com. And uh, there's an email on there. There's uh, questions, anything that you have. Just uh, send it to me. I'm always uh, open to ideas and uh, crazy adventures as well as uh, giving advice and uh, different things from mental strength to uh, what races are fun to do. Talking of races, uh, just one last question. What's your, your personal best in a, in a fireman suit at a full Ironman? Uh, it was at the Woodlands, Texas last year. I did 15 hours and 27 minutes. Wow, that is incredible. Rob, brilliant. Uh, we look forward to catching up again soon and hopefully here in South Africa. Definitely. That sounds good to me. Well, we head down to the home of uh, the Ironman 70.3, uh, East London, Buffalo City in the Eastern Cape, and it's an absolute pleasure to have on Try Talk SA this week, Gordon Graham, who works for Algoa FM, but is a, triathl a triathlete in his own right as well. Gordon, welcome onto the show. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm not sure the word athlete really applies. I am the world's slowest triathlete, but I'm there. <laughs> you like me. Take the athlete out and I just try and that's it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Gordon, brilliant, man. You, you work for Algoa FM, who are the, the media partner for 70.3 and uh, the full Ironman in uh, Port Elizabeth in Nelson Mandela Bay. Tell me, I, I worked for, for many years, worked for a radio station up in Joburg that was the media partner for the Momentum 94.7 Cycle Challenge. And I felt tons of pressure. And that's probably one of the things that got me going athletically. I felt tons of pressure to yeah. sort of go out and do the event. Was that the sort of motivation to get you going and get involved in, in the race? It was very similar, uh, Brad. Uh, it was a challenge on air. Um, I just completed a weight loss challenge where we were losing cash. Uh, 
where I'd lost quite a substantial amount uh, of, of weight. And just after that, I was dared on air by my co-host at the time to take part in the, in the 70.3. I'd never even done uh, a triathlon up until that point. And uh, stupidly, I, I jokingly said yes. Uh, unbeknownst to me, Keith Bowler from Ironman was listening to that interview and phoned me the next day and said, your entry sorted, we'll send you a bike and a wetsuit and off you go. So that's how I got into it. That is awesome. I love stories like that. <laughs> mm. It's, it's very stupid of me uh, but because I didn't really realize um, what, what Ironman 70.3 uh, or, for that matter, full Ironman is about. But I've learned since <laughs> then, yes. Yeah, Gordon, and the disappointing part, there wasn't even beer involved. There wasn't. There really wasn't. <laughs> you know? I, thought, uh, I thought a good bribe would have been good, but I was placed on the spot on air um, with a charity focus, obviously. And, uh, and, you know, the thing about me, which I really need to learn, is I don't know how to say no, uh, which, is, which is my besetting sin. Yeah, I mean, I, you and me both. That's, I've I've got myself into tons of things. Just uh, exactly that, being dead on air and, and do it. Gordon, tell me, how long ago was that? When 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 did that happen? That was uh, two thousand and eight, uh, sort of halfway through two thousand and eight, uh, and I started training for it properly uh, in about August two thousand and eight. My first uh, seventy point three was two thousand nine. And I mean, the rest is history. You've done you've done a whole bunch of the seventy point threes. You've also completed two full Ironmans down in in Port Elizabeth. Yes. Out, out of the three dis- yeah. out of the three disciplines, what do you find the hardest? The cycle, definitely the cycle. I'm I'm incredibly slow on the hills. I'm great on the downhills. So I just lean forward and I go faster. Uh, but I, I I do find that the cycling is is a big issue, and that's where. Uh, between now and next year's 10-year anniversary of the full Ironman, uh, I'm going to be putting in a lot of work on that because the bike is, oh, Brad, you know, this bike's about you know 80% of the race. If you have a good bike, even if you had an, an average swim and a bad run, you're still going to get a good time. But if your bike is bad, well, you know, there's, there's your time wasted. Yeah, and, and truthfully, I mean, you can, if you have a good bike, you can make up so much time on the bike. And also, if, you, if you're strong on the bike, you can also get off feeling good so that you feel better for the run, which I, I guess also makes a massive, massive difference. Absolutely. If you look at some of the, the winners uh, of Ironman events around the world, they're, they're not necessarily the fastest swimmers, but they're good bikers. And, and that's their advantage is to get off that bike feeling strong. And, and uh, you know, you look at a guy like Raynaud Tissink who, who constantly got out the water third or fourth, uh, he'd make up 15 minutes on the bike and he'd be on the run 15 minutes ahead of everyone else. Yeah, and when you've got a, a run like Raynaud, it doesn't really make a difference, does it? <laughs> no, no, his run's pretty strong too, but, but I think the, the, the point being is uh, you don't necessarily need to come out the water first if you're going to win this thing. You just need, you do need a good bike though, because if you come off the bike uh, feeling bad and, and far behind, anything over 10 minutes behind the front runner, you're, you're, you're pretty much um, lost. You know, your day is done. Yeah, exactly. Gordon, you, you've probably, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here, you, you probably work very sort of similar erratic hours like I do. It's, it's never the same, and it's always, there's always late nights and some early mornings. How do you manage to, to fit your training in without that sort of fixed regime of if you, if you had a normal sort of, and I say normal, but like a normal 8 to 5 office job? Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty blessed because most of my mornings are free and my days sort of get busy from about 10 a.m. So I make sure I get out there you know, at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and get that swim in or get that run in, get that bike in. So I'm pretty lucky with that. But there are times when you work really late um, the night before and, and getting up and going and doing that run uh, is a lot harder than, say, somebody who, who had a normal 
uh, you know, nine o'clock, they're at their home, they've had their dinners, they're into bed. Um, so it is a bit difficult, but I, I, I am pretty blessed. I'm, I'm kind of the, the kind of person that I can't train in the afternoon. I've just lost motivation, so I need to get up early and I need to get out there and do it, otherwise it's not going to happen. And weekends, I mean, do you work many weekends as well? I do. Um, I have a Saturday night show from 7 to 10. Um, very bravely, this year's 70.3 and full Ironman, I actually did my show before the race, um, which was maybe a, a good thing because otherwise I would have just lain in bed and thought about the race too much. So I was on there doing my show, which was probably better for me. Okay, and then, and then as far as training on weekends with you doing that late Saturday night show, do you, do you find it difficult? I mean, do you have to do a lot of your training on your own? I know I do I do a lot of sort of early morning work-wise radio and TV on, on a Saturday and Sunday morning, so I need to, to really do my, my training outside of those hours. And Do you do much of your stuff on your own, or are you lucky enough to have a, a group that, that you train with? I find um, my running pace is, is comfortable at the moment, but it's not really good enough for me to go and join a faster group, and you don't really grow if you, if you run with a slower group. So I do a lot of my running on my own, but I'm very blessed to have some great friends in this land, and all of which are Ironman athletes, and, and they drag me out on Sundays for, for those longer rides, which is, I, I, think, I think it's always better to do those longer rides when you've got lots of time, you know, so on a Sunday I don't work, so that's a good day for me to get out there and spend two or three hours on the bike. Uh, you know, so you don't, you're not pushing too hard to finish uh, your Ks too quickly. You can actually take your time and, and spend lots of time in the saddle. Again, you, you talk about uh, working working and, and getting better on the bike. Goals-wise for next year, you're talking about going back for the 10th anniversary. What's, what's the goal for, for PE next year? Uh, you know, if I could take one minute off my bike, I'd consider it a, a victory. Um, I have gotten a little bit quicker on the bike, but I, you know, I, I really feel that um, on the second loop of, of 60Ks at the Ironman, that's where I'm struggling, that's where I'm hitting a wall. Uh, so if I can keep that second loop at a good pace, try and match it to the same as the first loop, I'm, I'm hoping for an hour. Uh, I know that's probably wishful thinking, but if I can trim an hour off that cycle time, I'll be very happy. Uh, that needs a lot more heel work for me, though. I find myself incredibly lazy when it comes to doing hills, um, and I think that's where I'm losing this, because um, there, are, there are only two hills at, at Ironman, but every loop they get steep somehow. I don't know. It's, it's miraculous. I've got some sort of hydraulic jack that, <laughs> that increases the gradient, or maybe it's with the legs that are getting tired. I don't know. And and long term goals triathlon wise, I mean, have you considered doing doing races overseas or, or or what sort of races on your bucket list? That is that is the long term goal. Um, obviously, financially, those races overseas are, are fairly hard to to achieve. But I would love to do a seventy point three uh, in Europe and 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 a full uh, overseas. I have been looking at some great races, uh, some Ironman events that happen in the states. Um, there's uh, Ironman Florida. Um, uh, which which looks like a fantastic race. Um, I don't have any <laughs> any uh, illusions of, of trying to get a slot to go to Kona. If that happened, it would be sort of then be very char- charitable towards me. Um, but I, I would imagine that would be the pinnacle of of Ironman is is actually getting out there and competing uh, or racing uh, in at Kona, which is the home of Ironman. Hey, don't don't discount it. My my strategy for getting to Kona is to outlive everybody in my age group. <laughs> or you could uh, you could be uh, like like uh, Team Garwood, who who hopefully will get a slot. And I, I was chatting to Garth Wright um, at the Ironman for the Kids Charity Function the other day, and they he and uh, his partner have been given a slot as well. So they they are kind every now and then um, to to those of us who who may not make it there on pace alone. 
Yeah, and there's also always the, the lottery. I mean, we chatted to uh, a guy by the name of Chris uh, Fiesel, who is actually, he won a spot in the, in the Kona lottery this year. So uh, he's, yes. actually, he's actually off in a, oh, towards the end of the year to go, to go and do it. So he's, he's done all nine of, of the, the full Ironmans in, in PE. He'll be one of the, I think there's only 23 guys that have done or will have done all 10 next year. He's one of them, yeah. and yeah, yeah, got himself a got himself a, a lottery spot. So we chatted to him on on the first episode. Funnily enough, of of Try Talk here. So it sounds amazing. I'd well, love there's, to... there's hope, is what you're saying. Is yeah, there absolutely. Is but I do think, Brad, I do think an international would be fantastic, even if it's just a seventy point three. Um, I think uh, Austria is a, is a good one to to aim for if you are wanting to go overseas. Um, I know a couple of friends of mine who did manage to go over for a 70.3 and then unfortunately hit that snap cold where the swim was cancelled because the water was too cold and, and the, the very week after that, the, the swim was cancelled again, not because the water was too cold, but because the air temperature was too cold. Jeez. Yeah, it's one of, those, one of those things, I guess, luck of the draw. And then, Gordon, I mean, Eastern Cape, there aren't too many races that happen down there throughout the year. I mean, what do you, what do you sort of do with regards to, do you travel much and, and get around to, to do other races around the country or, or not really? Um, no, I, I haven't, but, and that's probably something that I should do. We, we do have a really good uh, uh, triathlon association here in, in Buffalo City in, in East London, uh, but the season is very short, Brad. It, it, it kind of starts sort of mid-September, and then ends in, in March, just before um, the, the full Ironman in April. Uh, so it is a bit limiting, and sometimes the distances are not quite the kind of distances that you need to be doing, um, with very few of them offering the Olympic distance, which is, which is a bit more of a test. So yeah, it, it is something that I'm, that I'm looking at. Uh, I would love to do a Bella Bella, for instance, the 5150. 50, um, that's definitely on the list of things to do. Uh, but yeah, we definitely need more races here. But I think it also comes down to... Um, uh, corporates and, and, and sponsors realizing that, that triathlon is, is one of the fastest growing sports in the country. And I think there's, there's, there's scope there for people to put more money into the sport and hopefully that way we can grow the events. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, that's one of the main reasons why we got TriTalk SA going as well is, is there is just so much room for growth and we wanted to, to help spread the word. And, and at the end of the day, if, if more people are doing the sport, more people benefit because if there's more athletes, there'll be more races, uh, which means there's more opportunity for sponsorship and, and it's just a, a sort of perpetuating, self-perpetuating sort of spiral, which is, which is great. But, I mean, if somebody's listening to this, Gordon, and, and are, are thinking about getting involved in triathlon and, and maybe trying their first sort of race out, you've, you've been involved in, and around the sport for a few years now. Uh, what advice would you give to, to an out-and-out newbie? Well, firstly, if, if you've looked at triathlon and you thought that would be great to try, then you should do it because it is really one of the most incredible sports you can ever hope to, to compete in. Um, I find myself, uh, the reason why I like triathlon so much is because I, I get very bored doing just one discipline. And this is multi-discipline, so you're going to have you're gonna have those great swims and those great runs and those great bikes. Um, so definitely, if you're thinking of doing it, go for it, try it. Uh, don't do like I did and make your 70.3 your very first triathlon, which was a little city. Uh, go out and do a couple of sprint distances. And, and uh, we were talking earlier about training in groups. Uh, that is a good idea. So if you are a newbie, go and hang out with guys who have done this race. And I guarantee you, uh, there's that old joke that says, uh, how do you know if someone's done the Ironman? Well, they'll tell you. Um, and that's, that's so true. You know, uh, These guys will share their experiences. You know, and, and the guys that have done it, they don't have to be professionals or even coaches. You can just go and hang out with guys that do triathlons, and they'll give you all the advice that you need. And there's nothing better 
and uh, heading down the red carpet and, and hearing those words, you're an Ironman. I guarantee you the first time you hear them, you want to go back and do it again. Yeah, without a doubt. And speaking of, of people going back and doing it, uh, I, I noticed that the, the corporate challenge uh, in Port Elizabeth this year, a couple of your colleagues were involved. I know uh, 70.3 a couple of years ago when I was there, uh, Lauren did the, the Iron Girl, but she's been talking about going in and doing the, the, the half. I know Tove Kane was involved with the, the corporate challenge. Any of your, of your colleagues sort of getting out there and doing it as well? Well, you've, you've mentioned the, the two that have uh, that have really committed themselves. Lauren actually did try the set point three last year, um, but unfortunately had a really bad bike and, and uh, managed to uh, give herself some ITD injuries, which unfortunately set her back. But she'll be back, I have no doubt. She's a very strong, talented runner. Tobey is uh, is uh, booked and in for the full uh, this year or next year, sorry, for the ten years. So I'm very excited about that. Um, our uh, managing director, Dave Tilton, has done the uh, corporate challenge quite a few times. Our sports leader, Rory Petz, has done it a few times. Um, our tech manager, Chris Wright, has done it a few times. So we've got, got a good culture. You know, uh, since our name is very closely attached to the corporate uh, challenge, I think there's a lot of pressure on the guys to get out there. But the great thing about the, the corporate for me, Brad, is the fact that a lot of guys experience the excitement of that. And as you know, the guys from Ironman uh, give you the same red carpet that everyone that the Ironman use. You've got the same vibe. And I think a lot of people graduate from that to, to Ironman 70.3 and then eventually to the full Ironman. So it's a very good initiative. And, and I like that. I like to see people watching the race one year and thinking, I'd like to do that. And the next year, you see them on the beach next to you, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, Gordon, because that's exactly how it works. I mean, let me give you an example. I've, I know someone who, in my first year, uh, was down there. Her husband was, was taking part, and she watched the whole thing. Uh, a year later, she just, and she wasn't active at all. She decided a year later she wanted to be part of that corporate challenge, so she put together a team, and she did one of the legs. This year, she did that whole sort of corporate thing on her own, and she's committed to doing the full next year. So it's taken her, it's taken her four years, but, but she'll be there. Fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's the kind of sport, though, uh, which I found uh, that if you've done it once and the next time you stand on the sidelines, you feel horrible. <laughs> you don't really want to be on the sidelines watching. You want to be out there doing it. Yeah, I don't know if I could if I could go down and watch that race. To be honest, <laughs> I've, 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 oh. I've never ever watched one. I've only participated, but I don't think I could stand on the side of the road and watch it. Well, in two thousand and nine, when I did my first uh, seventy point three, I went to PE and was doing my radio show from you know, the sidelines of the full. And I just remember remember standing there watching these guys back past me, thinking, "I don't want to be doing a radio show. I want to be out there doing this." Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gordon, it's been it's been great catching up, and and yeah, we'll definitely see you. I, I'm coming down to seventy point three again next year. I haven't done it for a, a few years, so going going down again. Uh, looking forward to that. And and if we don't see you at seventy point three, we'll definitely see you at the full in in uh, Port Elizabeth next year for the tenth anniversary. Cool, man. Thank you so much, and well done to to you for for putting this uh, on on the air, so to speak. Uh, it's very exciting, and uh, I think the more people that that listen to what you're putting out the more people we're going to see lining up on the beach. And you know what? The bottom line is it will change your life. Ironman, for me, was life-changing experience and continues to be. So it certainly is something, and it's certainly something that will change your life. Brilliant. Gordon, you're quite active on, on the social networks. If folks want to get in touch and, and maybe follow your progress, where can they find you online? Oh, absolutely. I'd love that. On Twitter, it's at Border Graham, the border passes for the region that I'm in. So it's at Border Graham, one word, Graham spells G-R-A-H-A-M. And on Facebook, just search Gordon Graham and you should see me pop up. 
Brilliant. Gordon, what I'll do is I'll pop those details on our website too so folks can just get to the show notes uh, for this episode of Try Talk SA and, and it'll all be there. Thanks again for your time and, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you for uh, giving me the privilege of being on your show. Thanks, mate. Well, that's it for another week of Try Talk SA. From myself, Brad Brown, thank you very much for listening to this weekly podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Uh, And don't forget, if you want to be in touch, podcast at trytalksa.co.za is the email address. Also, just a heads up, the good folks at The Modern Athlete uh, are offering Try Talk SA listeners a free subscription to their digital magazine until the end of the year. If you'd like to claim yours, it's really easy. All you have to do is head over to trytalksa.co.za forward slash modern athlete and just fill in some details and you can get your free subscription till the end of the year of that great magazine so uh, it is trytalksa.co.za forward slash modern athlete it's as easy as that and also just a quick heads up uh, I'm going to be chatting to Professor Tim Noakes in a couple of weeks from now if you have any questions that you would perhaps like to ask the good prof uh, you can shoot them off to me and who knows I could be asking your question all you need to do is get to trytalksa.co.za forward slash ask the prof so it's trytalk sa.co.za slash ask the prof and uh, yeah submit your question there it's as easy as that and hopefully we can get all your questions answered don't forget as well if you do like this podcast i'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing the link with uh, people that you know who are into triathlon as well who could benefit from the content that we're putting together on these shows uh, i would really really appreciate that also if you uh, want to subscribe via itunes you can the links uh, to that subscription are available on our website trytalksa.co.za a good tweet and a good facebook won't go amiss either i'd really appreciate you helping me spread the word about try talk essay until next week have yourself a brilliant week and we'll chat soon cheers